Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. This one has signed a contract for this number of years. They know all this detail. Amen. Some people also make effort in increasing in knowledge as how to marry. How to marry. They make effort to increase in that knowledge. The marriage school that I teach, someone, they sent a message that this week there will be no class. Someone sent a message, he says, two weeks in a row. Hey, mercy. I said, mercy. Hey. He said, two weeks in a row. You know, people have not sent me a message. Two weeks in a row, we have not heard, we have not heard you preach. You know? You know, marriage school, we're supposed to register and pay. You see, but here we are even teaching them for free. But it's not for long. So those of you who have delayed your marriage, you will pay tuition. You will pay tuition. Then you can say properly, two weeks in a row, my tuition. (laughs) What a shock. When I saw the message, I said, Lord, forgive me. Hey. But people are making effort to increase in knowledge in so many areas. But the scripture is saying we have to also increase in knowledge of God. We have to make effort to increase in our knowledge of God. Hallelujah. God is expecting you to increase in knowledge of him. God wants you to know more about him. Increasing in knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. We need to increase in the word of God. We need to have knowledge of the word of God. The word of God should be in you. Amen. Amen. We have to make, you see, we have not understood the power of the word of God. But we need to make every effort to increase in our knowledge of the scriptures. We need to make every effort to ensure that the scriptures are in us. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you sparsely. Know some. Be poor in the word of God. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Say richly. Richly. Say it like this. Richly. 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 Do you want to be rich? Salome, do you want to be rich? Say richly. Richly. Say I am rich. I am rich in the word of God. Say I am rich in the word of God. You are not saying it well. Say I am rich in the word of God. 
the word of God dwell in you richly. Richly. Hallelujah. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. In all wisdom. In all wisdom. In all application of knowledge. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. In all application, in everything, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. To dwell in you richly means it is abundant in you. Do you understand that? It means it is so plentiful in you. It's rich in you. You can, you can burst with the word of God. When you open your mouth, it, what is flowing is the word of God. You see, when something is rich in you, it just flows. It just bursts. It bursts in your conversation. It bursts even when you are at work and you are talking. You see that the word of God is flowing. When you are explaining something to someone, you see the thing that will come in your head is an example in the scriptures. That is when it is rich in you. But the scripture says, let it dwell in you. Let it dwell. It means allow it to dwell in you. You have to allow the word of God to dwell in you. Do you understand it? It says, let it dwell in you. It means allow it. Allow it. It means if you don't allow it, it will not dwell in you. Isn't that so? Else the scripture will not say let it or allow it. Let it dwell in you. That means that the word of God can be abundant around you. It can be so abundant around you, but it will not dwell in you. Do you understand? It means that you can come to church Sunday after Sunday, Tuesday after Tuesday, and you, we preach the word. Do we preach the word of God in this church? Yes. Or we read some other text. The word of God is abundant, but you come, you find out that it's not dwelling in you richly. It is not in you. You are not rich in the word of God because you don't allow it to dwell in you. Amen. Now, when it dwells in you richly, you will find yourself doing what it's supposed to do. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing. Amen. When the word of God is in you richly, the next thing that you are going to do is you begin to teach. Amen. 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 You begin to teach the scriptures to others. When it has dwelt in you richly, when it's abundant in you, you will begin to teach. Now, that is the thing. You see, teaching means imparting knowledge. Do you understand? Teaching means imparting knowledge. Now, you cannot impart knowledge that you don't have. So when, one, one criteria to sh show you that the word of God does not dwell in you richly is that you can teach someone. You cannot teach someone. But God is expecting that the word of God dwells in you richly. Teaching is not for pastors only. Teaching the word of God is not for pastors only. It's not pastors' work to teach people. But God is expecting that you also, you would teach others. But you cannot teach if the word is not in you. You cannot impart knowledge. Do you understand teaching? Yes. 
Who does not understand teaching? To teach means to impart knowledge. It means what you are telling a person he didn't know before or she didn't know before. But that thing that you are going to say, you should have it. If you don't have it, you cannot also teach it. Amen. Amen. You cannot impart knowledge which you don't have. Hallelujah. That is why after you have received for a while, after you have sat in a church and you receive for a while, we think that now you can also teach someone. So we say, okay, now you can also lead an area fellowship. And then we give you an area fellowship. Because we are expecting that after the word has been abundant around you, it is abundant also in you. It is rich in you. But oftentimes we are wrong. You see, we are wrong. Because you don't even like to teach it. You make efforts to cancel your area fellowship. Because the word is not in you richly. Amen. Amen. The word is not in you richly. The next thing that you're supposed to do is to what? To admonish. It says teaching and admonishing. To admonish means to give counsel. To give counsel to another person. To admonish means to encourage someone. To encourage someone. When someone is down, you can encourage that person. To admonish means to advise. To advise. Amen. And the Bible says the word of God must dwell in you richly in order to be able to give good advice. To give godly advice. To give godly counsel. Hallelujah. The word of God must dwell in you richly. But you see, we preach and preach and preach messages upon messages, podcasts upon podcasts, and videos upon videos. The word of God is abundant around you, but it's not rich in you. It's not rich in you. Amen. Amen. Now when the word of God is in you, one sign that we can see is that you give godly counsel. When the word of God is rich in you, you give godly counsel. You have nothing else to tell a person but godly counsel. Because that is what is abundant in you. That is what is rich in you. It says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And by so doing, you'll be able to teach. It says, teaching and admonishing one another in what? In, in, in an Ashanti Proverbs or God Proverbs. Huh? That you are wise in American Proverbs. You are and, and, and admonish and teach American history. That when the word of God is rich in you, you can teach American history. It says, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns. They are the scriptures. They are the word in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. When you have advised someone, when you have admonished someone, when you have taught someone, when someone has encountered you, they will sing with praises. They will sing with grace. Singing with grace in their hearts to the Lord. Admonishing one another. Admonishing each other. Teaching one another. You will not teach 
fancy proverbs or you will not teach Jamaican proverbs. If what is rich in you is the word of God. It will be very difficult, it will be very difficult for a lawyer to begin to teach you how your kidney works. Do you understand? He can, but it will be difficult. When, but when you take him to how to get your immigration papers, oh, you, it's like you have come my way. Then he will begin to tell you the laws, the legalities, or he begin to tell you things pertaining to law because he is rich in law. He's abundant in law. Do you understand? So when you see what easily flows out of you, then you know what you are rich in. But the scripture is asking that let the word of God dwell in you richly. When the word of God is rich in you, you give good counsel. You give godly counsel. Hallelujah. You use scriptures to counsel people. You tell the person, listen, brother, this is what the Bible says. The thing you are doing, it is not nice. This is what the Bible says. According to the book of James, this is what he's saying. According to the book of Genesis, this is, look, when the Egyptians were, you see, that your examples, is when the Egyptians were in Israel and they wanted to do this, this is what happened to them. I don't think this is a good thing to do. That is your counsel. You have nothing else but that kind of counsel. Amen. Is somebody understanding the word of God? Otherwise, your advice will be devilish. It will be earthly. It will be sensual. It is your feelings, the way you feel. That is how you talk to people. The way, the way you feel is how you advise people. James chapter 3. James chapter 3 and verse 12. James chapter 3 and verse 12. It says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Richly, richly. Say to your neighbor, richly. Say, be rich in the word. Say, delight in the word. Say, be hungry after the word. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. He says, can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Ask your neighbor, can the fig tree bring out berries? It can. It may try, but it cannot. You see, a lawyer may try to heal you from your urinary tract infection. He may try, but it's not easy. So he says, can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Either a vine figs. That means can a vine, a vine tree, bring out figs? So can no fountain, no fountain, both yield salt water and fresh water. You see, you cannot, you cannot be a fountain of the word of God, but what flows out of you sometimes is salty water, and sometimes is fresh water. It says no fountain can bring out salty water and fresh water. A fountain can either bring out it says that maybe there's one fountain in Ada that can do that. I don't know. But a fountain can only bring out either salt water or it can bring fresh water. Isn't that so, my brother? What's your name, my brother? My brother, Ozu. You can't have a fountain that you, you, one day you go and it's bringing you fresh water and another day is salt water. 
It's not possible. Verse 13. It says, who is a wise man and endured with knowledge among you? We are going to check amongst you now who is a wise man. Ask yourself, am I sitting with a wise person? So you know how. It says, who is a wise man and endured with knowledge among you? I want you to learn something very, very importantly. I'm teaching you something some, that is very important. Very, very important. Because you see, sometimes when you are sitting with someone or you are working with someone or you are around someone, you will think the person is very wise. Do you understand? You will think the person is very wise. The scripture says, who is a wise man and endured with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Let him show, let him show out of a good conversation, out of a good conversation, his works with meekness of wisdom. Amen. You are looking for a wise man. Let him show, let him show. You see, you cannot just tell people you are wise. One, let me give you one secret if you want to pose as a wise person. Say you are not that wise, but you want people to look at you like a wise. How many of you want to know the secret? <laughs> you are not wise, but when you go to a place, you want people to see you as a wise person. Oh, so do you want to know? Yeah. When you go to a place and you want them to see you as a wise person, don't talk much. Keep quiet. As they are talking and they are babbling, just sit quietly, cool, and just watch them. They will think, they will think you are very wise. You have not opened your mouth. They will think you are very wise. But the moment you open your mouth, the moment you open your mouth, they say, oh, this nice girl, we thought she was old. You see, but you could have kept quiet throughout and then walk away and leave. They would think you are a very wise person. Very wise person. So when you are amongst people, you minimize your talking. Just talk less. When you are in a meeting, yes, listen. Stay quietly and listen. But you see, let them see that you are listening. Because if you are not listening to you, you are not wise. Amen. But it's a key to pose wise. But the moment you open your mouth, they will know. <laughs> Amen. Verse 14, it says, But if ye have bitter envying and strive in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Amen. When we have bitter envying and strife in our hearts, let us not glory and overlook the truth. Let us not overlook the truth. What is truth? Don't overlook it. Look, the truth, you cannot do anything against the truth. You can only do something for the truth. You cannot do anything against the truth. You can't do anything against the truth. So you always make effort to do something for the truth. 
But don't, in your envying and your strife in your heart, glory and lie not. He says, lie not against the truth. Do not lie against the truth. Amen. The next scripture, he says, this wisdom, this wisdom descended not from above. It's not from God. This wisdom is not from God, but it is earthly, sensual, and devilish. When you give counsel, and it's not from above, any counsel that is not from God, I am teaching you something. Any counsel that someone advises you, do this, do that, and it's not in the scriptures, it's not from God, it is earthly, it is sensual, and it's devilish. It is earthly, it is sensual, and it's devilish. Anytime you receive counsel, anytime someone is advising you, and it's not from above, and the person cannot relate it with the scriptures, it is devilish. It is earthly. And it's sensual. It means that the person's feelings is speaking. Do you understand? It means the person's experience on earth is what he's speaking. But when it is when it is from above, when it is from above, it says it admonishes. And you see that it is admonishing in hymns and in psalms. And it causes people to sing praises to the Lord. That when the person has left your presence, you see that the person, oh, what a person to speak to. Lord, we give you glory for bringing this person our way. You see, that is how, the, that is how you see that this counsel, it is not from this world. Do you understand it? You see, it is earthly, it is sensual, and it's devilish. Amen. It is earthly, it is sensual, and it's devilish. Hallelujah. The next verse, it says, For where envying and strife is, there is confusion. And every evil work, every evil work, every kind of evil work, you'll find it. Where there is envying and strife, there is always confusion. And every evil... How many of you want to live in confusion? Your life is full of confusion. You are doing things and it's all confused. You are going to school, you are all confused. You are working and it's all confusion. In your marriage, total confusion. You have a church and there's total confusion. It says there is confusion and every evil work. You see, whenever there is confusion, it opens a door to evil work. Because the Bible says that when you see confusion, this is not authored from God. When you see confusion, the Bible says God is not an author of confusion. So whenever you see confusion, it means that the enemy has entered. Do you understand? Whenever you see confusion, whenever you see confusion amongst you, see that the enemy is in the presence. It's not from God. It's not from God. Verse 17, he says, But the wisdom that is from above, it is first pure. Pure. Then what? Peaceable. That's the wisdom that is from above. It's peaceable. It is gentle, gentle, and easy to be entreated. We can talk to you easily. We say stop, and you will stop. Do you understand? 
if you talk to someone after you have been counseled, and then you come and then I cannot say sit and you can sit, it means that you experience evil counseling. <laughs> Amen. It says, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Anytime you see any of this, you see, you, 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 are, a, you are a wife. Your husband cannot ask you, can, oh, honey, can I have this? You, everything you fight. Everything. What, what, what? Before you can even hear. There's a person that anytime, anytime you call her, you call her, you say, what? I said, ah. <laughs> anytime you call her, what? Not easily entreated. It's like you're ready to fight. Even the way they ask why, it's like fighting. You can, you know, you can ask why, you know, and it's not fighting. Like, oh, why? <laughs> In a certain language, it's not even nice at all, you know. Mercy. Hallelujah. So he says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and good fruits. Full of mercy and good fruits. That wisdom is from above. Full of mercy and good fruits. When, I, when after you have sat with a person and you have spoken, you feel that you know you, some good fruits have come out of you. Amen. When I counsel someone and I speak to someone, I'm always looking for a scripture. A scripture. If I'm advising you to do this, I'm always looking for a scripture to back what I'm saying. Do you understand? That because so that your counsel will be from above. The wisdom that I am imparting to you is from above. Not my experience. Not my emotions. Verse 18, it says, And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. You want peace? You want peace? You have to make peace. You want peace? You have to make peace. Perfect peace. Sylvester, you want peace? You have to make peace. Any wife who does not make peace will never experience peace in the home. Oh, yes. You are a wife that you are always... You are always quarreling. You are always fighting. You will never know peace. You will also never be happy. Amen. But you see, when a spiritual person is advising you, you constantly will hear the person say, the Bible says this. This is what the Bible says. You, know, this is what... you will constantly hear that. Anytime someone is counseling or someone is having a conversation, you see, as Christians, when we are having conversation, when we are talking, it should be in our conversation. It should be abundant in us. We have to be rich in the gospel. We have to be rich in the scriptures. That when we are talking, when we are talking amongst ourselves, it should always be, oh, yeah, the Bible says this. Even the Bible, everything that you are relating to, you have to find something in the Bible. Because that is what you are rich in. That is what will come out of you. Amen. 
You cannot, you see, when, 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 something is, when something is full, you are full of something. You see, when you have a bottle that you are drinking from, you have like a straw that you are drinking from, and the thing is full, you don't make effort to. Sometimes there are some bottles you just, even if you touch it, you touch it a little bit, it will overflow. You open the water bottle and you touch it, it will overflow because it's rich in the thing. Do you understand? But when it's not, when it's empty, it's like when you have a toothpaste. A toothpaste that is full. It's full. You see, you don't struggle. You just, you make a little effort. You can press anywhere. Anywhere. You see, that is when you know the thing is rich. You squeeze here, the thing is coming. You squeeze in the bottom, the thing is coming. In the top. But when it has run down, when it has run down, You have to take something at the end and then you are making... You see, the thing is empty. 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 You have to iron it. Iron it. Iron it and bring whatever is in there. Some of you, that is how the scriptures are in you. The word of God is in you sparsely, sparsely. You have to give eight... God proverbs before one scripture will come. So as you are talking to the person, Nigerian proverbs, they're just flowing, flowing, and then you will come up with one scripture. Because the thing is empty, empty. Amen. It's empty. Look, if you, if you talk to someone, if you talk to someone, who does not constantly make reference to the scriptures, make, make reference to the Bible, and constantly is not saying, oh, the Bible says, if you are talking to someone who does not talk like that, that person is not a Christian. I said, that person is not a Christian. If someone is counseling you and the person uses the scriptures to counsel you and what he's saying is based on the scriptures, take it fully. Because that is the wisdom you want. That is the wisdom you want. Do you understand? That is the wisdom you want. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Verse 92. Let's read from 89. Verse 89. It says, Lamed forever, O Lord, thy word is settled, in heaven. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The word of God is settled. The word of God is powerful. It's like a two-edged sword. The word of God is powerful. It's settled in heaven. The word of God is powerful. It's powerful. It says, forever, O Lord. It's not, it's not a word in ancient times. It's not, oh, these were Bible days, times. It is forever. It is forever. Amen. Johnson, do you understand? It is forever. It's not only pertaining to days of old. It is forever. It is settled. Amen. Amen. The next verse, it says, Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abided. Verse 91. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all, for all are thy servants. 
unless thy law, now as we are reading this scripture, you will see law, commandments, statutes, and so on and so forth, they are all the word of God. Do you understand? That is representing the word of God. They are laws, they are statutes, they are commandments. Hallelujah. He says, unless thy law had been my what? Had been my what? Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in my affliction. Amen. He says, unless the law, thy law had been my delight, I should have perished in my affliction. So what it means is that if it wasn't because I delight in your word, I would have perished in my affliction. If it wasn't because I delight in your word, I would have perished in my affliction. Look, serving God comes with affliction. Being a Christian comes with affliction. But what is going to deliver you from your affliction is the word of God. It is your delight in the word of God. When you delight in the word of God, it will deliver you from affliction. I said, when you delight in the word of God, it will set you free from affliction. Affliction of poverty, affliction of persecution, affliction of layoff, affliction of joblessness, affliction of divorce, affliction of horrible marriages, affliction of childlessness, every kind of affliction. What will deliver you is the word of God. He says, Unless thy law had been my delight, I should have then perished in my affliction. I would have perished in my affliction if I had not delighted in your word. If I had not delighted in your Say to someone, delight in the word of God. And you will not perish. Hallelujah. Verse 93, it says, I will never forget thy precepts. That's another word for the word of God. It's precepts. I will never forget thy precepts. It means they should be in me. They should dwell in me richly. It means I will not hear the word and forget about it. I will not come to church and forget about what they shared. He says, I will never forget thy precepts. For with them thou hast quickened me. You have strengthened me. You have caused me to be on my feet. The word of God. The word of God. The precepts. The precepts. The word of God. Through them you have quickened me. You have caused me to be strong again. You have caused me to stand up again. You have caused me to rise up again. The word of God. Verse 94. It says, I am dying. Save me. For I have sought thy precepts. Hallelujah. He says, I am yours. Save because I have sought after your precepts. I have sought after your word. I came for Tuesday service. Lord, save me. Save me from losing my job. Save me from losing my marriage. You see, it's a condition. When you delight in the word of God, you can come before him and say, I sought for your word. I delight in your word. I was there also when they were sharing. I was hungry for your word also. So save me. It's a condition that you can bring to the Lord. David said, I am dying. Save me. Why? Why, why, Why are you asking me to save you? Because I have sought thy precepts. Because I have sought thy precepts. Amen. Amen. Don't let me be poor. Because I have sought thy precepts. Why would you make me poor? I have sought thy precepts. Why? I have sought thy precepts. 
I do my quiet time. This morning, I did my quiet time. So why should I go to work and face these challenges? Deliver me from them. This morning, I sought thy precepts. So this person who is coming against me, remove him from my life. Save me from the afflictions. Deliver because I delight in your word. I sought thy precepts. I should never be homeless. I should never lose my job. I should never have a bank account that is empty. Did I tell you about the story about this guy who pays his tithe and one day he was walking and then he tripped? He almost fell. He, fell, he was very angry. He tripped and then he almost fell. He said, ah, angels, where are you? Where are you? Why should I trip? He was angry. Because he cannot, he expects that as he's walking, there are angels. As he's walking, there are angels. Yes, because he has paid his tithe. He has paid his tithe. Amen. He says, I can't pay my tithe. You see, that's, you, can't, you, you can't pay your tithe and have thieves breaking into your car. No, 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 no. We say, angels, I'm going to sleep. Watch my car. Watch my car. Because I've paid my tithe. I've paid my tithe. Watch my car. Tell them. You see, you don't have faith. It is the word of God. But David, he has faith. He has faith in the word. And he believes in the word of God. And he says, listen, save me because I have delighted in your word. I have sought after thy precepts. I have sought after. Why should I have this difficulty? This knee pain has been there for too long. Why? Why? I, I don't have to pay my tithe. I pay my tithe. I sought thy word. Out. <laughs> yes, you are a Christian. Yes. You see, but some of you, you can't talk like that because you are not faithful with your tithe. You know that what you are standing here with is not 10%. You see, so you cannot expect, you can't command angels around like that. They will tell you, my friend, my friend, listen, listen. My friend. They will say the thing, we counted it. Look, we know how much you put in the thing. Don't command us around like that because we know. It was 4%. (laughs) You say, we watch your back, but don't, please, don't command us around like that thing was 4%. 4%, you deserve, if it wasn't for the 4%, you would have fallen with your face down. But this 4%, we, we held you. <laughs> Amen. Some of us cannot talk like that. You can't talk like David because you didn't even do your quiet time this morning. The thing is so hard for you to do now. We are sending it to you on the phone. We say, here, read, read, do this. As you are sitting on the train, it's a whole, oh. And then you are telling, you are telling the Lord, save me because I have sought that precept. No, you were sorting New York Times this morning. New York Times. New York Times. You were sorting your math homework. You were sorting your, your essay, that you, the paper. That's what you were sorting. And you want, you say, why, why did I, angels, why didn't you help me? Spirit of God, why did you bring all things to my remembrance? Why did I pass? Why did I fail? Why did you fail? David said, let me pass my exam because I have sought thy precepts. Let me pass my exam. Lord, did you not see? 
I have exams tomorrow, but I'm sitting in your church. Let me pass my exams. Let me pass my... I cannot fail. I cannot fail. I cannot fail. Hey, I told the Lord, I said, I cannot fail. I have to work. I have to pass. I cannot fail. (laughs) I cannot fail. I said, look, I have to study, but I have to do your work. I have to read, but I have to do your work. I cannot fail. I cannot fail. Amen. Because as, as, as the worldly people, as they are studying, as they are studying, you see, they, they, they even feel sorry for you. He say, hey, we have a Samson Monday. You will take all, all day Sunday you are in church. And Saturday we say, come, you couldn't come because you say you have rehearsals. And the whole of Sunday you are also in church. Hey, hey. you are not serious though. You see, they don't understand. But your heavenly father knows that these things are there. These things, the Gentiles are seeking after them. The Gentiles want to pass their exams. Your heavenly father also knows that you have need to pass. You have to pass. He knows that you have to pass. But he doesn't, he, he doesn't tell you to, because of that, don't serve me. He wants us to serve him. Wouldn't we have had a lot of other things to do if it wasn't for... Today, if we had canceled Tuesday service, wouldn't there be a lot of things that you would have done? Oh, some of you would be studying. Some of you would be doing homework with your children. Some of you, you would be probably... You, you will start um, dressing your techie. Techie. Beginning now. Some of you, you want to catch up with their sleep. Some of you are in deficit of sleep. <laughs> Hours. But the Lord will give us one day we will sleep. <laughs> Amen. We will not wake up again. <laughs> you see, you want to sleep, but you don't want to sleep and not wake up. You see? <laughs> you want to sleep, but you don't, we want to wake up. And when we wake up, when your alarm wakes you up, you are angry. But when the Lord gives you to sleep forever, you will not like it. (laughs) Amen. He says, I have sought thy precepts. So save me. I have sought thy precepts. I deserve to be saved. My marriage ought to be saved. Because I have sought thy precepts. Why should my husband treat me like that? Why should my wife treat me like that? I have sought thy precepts. Save this marriage. Amen. Amen. Save me. The next verse, verse 95. It says, the wicked have waited for me to destroy me. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. Another word for the word of God is testimonies. Amen. It said, the wicked have waited for me to destroy me. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me. So he says that the one weapon, one weapon against your enemy is not that you also come out with some ways to this, but to meditate, to meditate, to consider the testimonies of the Lord. That is the weapon against your enemy. It means when your enemies have gathered and they are waiting to destroy you, Consider the word of God. He says, the wicked have waited for me to destroy me. But I, I, what I will do, what I will do is, I will consider thy testimonies. It means that is my weapon. That is my weapon. 
Hallelujah. Let that be your weapon. And when you are using that weapon, you see, when you are using that weapon, you know, you, they, they think you are foolish. When you are using that weapon, people will think you are stupid. They will think you are foolish. They look at you and they, they, don't, they, they think you don't have a mind. You see, but you see, Deuteronomy 28 verse 1, it says, let me show you before, that, you hold on to this, but show us this scripture. In Deuteronomy, I think 28 verse 1. You don't have that. I'll read it for you. It says, and it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his what? All his what? All his commandment. It says, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. He will set you on high. Just because you delight in his commandments. Just because you delight in his word. Not for anything, not because you have read a lot. Not because you are so knowledgeable in American history. Not because you know a lot about economics. You see, you will think that to be above the nations of the earth, you have to know a lot of economics. But it is because you are you observe to do all his commandments. Amen. Amen. You observe to do all his commandments. Hallelujah. You observe to do all his commandments. The next scripture, let's go back to um, verse um, Psalm 119 and verse 92. So he says, is it verse 95, verse 95. He says, the wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I will consider thy testimonies. When you go to work and your co-workers who are planning that they, they want you to get fired, your boss who is planning to fire you, your supervisor who is planning to fire you, don't devise means. Don't say, oh, now what I will do is I will work more over time for him so that he will keep me. Or I will do this, so I will work on Sunday so that he will keep me. You know, I will do this. What you need to do is that you will consider the testimonies of the Lord. The next thing, you see, the next thing you will realize, the next thing you will realize that he is fired. The person who wants to fire you is fired. Or is transferred. He's not in your department anymore. And then he's demoted, and then you are going up. He said he will set you above. He will set you on high. Amen. The people who are gathered around you who want to destroy you, don't fight them. Don't also devise another means. Just delight in the word of God. Delight in the word of God. Reverend, how? Listen, when someone, when a woman wants to get your husband, don't fight that woman. Don't begin to now make your skin lighter. Don't, don't, don't begin to now you go and register in a gym. Because she's skinny. So you are, you are going to register in a gym. Don't bother, I don't go to gym, but don't be, don't let that be your weapon. Do you understand? That somebody is after your husband. Your weapon is not the gym. Delight in the word of God. Delight in the word of God. Consider thy testimonies. It says, they have got that they have waited for, to destroy me. This woman wants to take my husband. But Lord, I will consider thy testimonies. That's my weapon. 
when someone wants to take your beloved. Someone's eyes are on your beloved. You don't need to now begin to wear short skirts and wear tight clothes and expose your breasts. That should not be your weapon. Consider the testimonies of the Lord. Consider the testimonies. Amen. Don't begin to fight the person and you pick up the phone and listen, I don't want you to talk to my I don't want to see your number on my beloved. Don't be fighting that. This is your first and last giving warnings. The thing he has been doing it for many times. You say this is your first and this is your last. How can I be? <laughs> you realize that it's not working. Amen. He said, so you tell me, so Reverend, I should allow her to keep talking to, I should not call her and warn her. And he said, delight in the word of God. Delight, I don't know how. He said, Reverend, how does that work? I don't know how, but there is something about the word of God. I said, there is something about the word of God. He, there's something that he does with it. There's something that he does with it. But he says, you, let it be your weapon. Delight in my word. Delight in my word. He says, the battle is not yours. It is of the Lord's. Delight in my word. Delight in my word. I don't know how, but delight in my word. I don't know how. I don't know how you are going to sit in church with it, but you are going to pass your exam. Delight in my word. Delight in my word. Reverend, my classmates are all studying, but you say we have to come to church on delight in my word. Delight in my word. Amen. Delight in my word. Hallelujah. Do you understand the word of God this afternoon, this evening? Yeah, how is that possible? He says, delight in my word. There's something spiritually mysterious about the word of God. Something about his word. I don't know. I cannot tell you. I don't know. I wish I knew how it works. But what I can tell you as a pastor, because it has worked for me, I can also tell you, like David, he says, I have considered thy testimonies. Consider the testimonies and it will work for you also. I say it will work for you. Amen. Amen. You don't delight in the word of God. That is why. That is why the enemies can rise up against you. That is why you have so many enemies at work. Delight in the word. Delight in the word. Amen. I am telling you. I am telling you. Delight in the word. Delight in the word. You see that people who didn't like you. People who didn't like you. They will turn to you. People who didn't like you. They will come and they will beg you. They will come and beg you. They will come and beg you. We will mark it and see. They will come and beg you. They will come and beg you. Delight in the word. There is something about the word of God. Delight in it. Amen. Let it be your prayer topic. Hallelujah. Because it says, verse 95, 96. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment exceeding broad. The word of God, that's another word for it. Commandment. They are exceeding broad. Do you understand? You see, when something is exceeding broad, it means you can't even see end from an end. You can't see. You see, that's why I'm telling you that I don't know how the word of God works. I don't know how it works. But delight in it. Just delight in it. He says, I have seen an end of all perfection. 
I've seen how perfect things are working, but for your commandment, it's exceeding broad. It says, it says no limit. That means there's no problem. You see, you may not, you may not feel comfortable subjecting it to the word of God. But I tell you, there is no problem that is beyond the word of God. No problem that is beyond the word of God. So he said, delight in it. Delight in my commandment. Delight in my commandment. Verse 97. He says, oh, how I love thy law. How I love thy law. Oh, how I love thy law. You see, it is only a person who has really put the word to test that can speak like that. You can't say that. Because you have not put it to test. You have not allowed it to dwell in you richly. You cannot speak like that. To say, oh, how I love thy law. How you, when you see your enemies falling down, and you know you didn't do anything but delighting in the word of God and considering the testimonies, then you can say, oh, how I love thy law. How I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. It is my meditation. All wherever I am, that is what is on my mind. Wherever I am going, that is what is on my mind. Let the word of God always be on your mind. Let it dwell in you richly. Let it be always on your mind. Beloved, put it to test. And you will see. Let it be always in your mind. You see, there, there are always papers in my, my wife is always asking, why are there always papers in your pocket? Because every time something is on my mind, and I, I peel the paper and I write it down and I put it back. The word of God should always be, look, there are many times that prepare, preparation for a message, it has been just working and then word are coming to you and then you just write it down. Just come to you and you just write it down. Let it be in you, let it dwell in you richly, richly. He says, Thy word, he says, it is my meditation all the day. All the day. All the day. When you are going to work, let it be on your mind. Don't worry about how your work is going to be done. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Hallelujah. He says, this is my meditation all the day. It is my meditation all the day. Verse 98. He says, thou through thy commandments, has made me wiser than mine enemies. Through the word of God. He said, thou through thy commandment has made me wiser than mine enemies. For they are ever with me. Your enemies, they will always be with you. They will always be with you. You can't get rid of them. But what you can do is delight in the word of God. Amen. Amen. David said, he says, he says, Thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than my enemies. The word of God will make you wiser than your enemies. Amen. Amen. And I think it is important to be wiser than your enemies. I think it's very, very important to be wiser than your enemies. Because it says they are you. You have to be wiser than your enemies. You cannot get rid of them, but you have to be wiser than them. You can be wiser than them. You can be wiser than your enemies. By delighting in the word of God. By, by enriching yourself with the word of God. Hallelujah. I think it's a good prayer topic to pray that make me wiser than my enemies. For they are forever with me. Lord, they are forever with me. Make me wiser than them. Make me wiser than my enemies. May the Lord make you wiser than your enemies. May the Lord make you wiser than your enemies. 
May the Lord lift up your head above your enemies. He will set you higher above your enemies. Amen. Amen. Make me wiser than my enemies. Being wiser than your enemies is a key victory to, over your enemies. Being wiser than them. When you are wiser than your enemies, you will overcome your enemies. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You will overcome your enemies. Say, make me wiser than my enemies. Make me wiser than my enemies. May the Lord make you wiser than your enemies. Verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers. Wow. I have more understanding than all my teachers. Is it possible? Hey. You, you don't know anything. You have gone to school and someone who knows is teaching you, but you say you have more understanding than the person that is teaching. I don't know how that is possible, but there is something that can make that possible. So David said, why? why? Why is it possible that I can be wiser than my teacher? He says, because thy testimonies are my meditation. Because thy testimonies are my meditation. That is what makes it possible for you to become wiser than your teachers. That is the only way, Sonia. That is the only way that someone who is teaching you, you can become wiser than the person. They are teaching you, but you are meditating on the word of God. They are teaching you difficult tasks. They are teaching you um, arithmetics. You know what is arithmetics? <laughs> Amen. They are teaching you complex equations that you can't even figure out. They are teaching you, they are teaching you algebra that you cannot even figure out. But you have become wiser than them. Because you meditate on the word of God. He says, I have, I have more understanding than all my teachers. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For, you understand what it means for? It means because the reason why I become wiser than all, or I have more understanding than not one of my teachers, not two of my teachers, not the professor of psychology. All of them. All of them. I have become wiser than all. I have more understanding, more understanding than all my teachers. Hey, what a blessing. How is that possible? I don't know how, but I'm telling you that there is something about the word of God. There is something that God does with the word. There is something that he does when it is rich in you. When the word is rich in you, God does something about it that it makes your brain become now some other brain. That it fills with such wisdom. It fills with such understanding that people who are teaching you, you become even more wiser than them. You have more understanding than them. People who are teaching you. The word of God. Delight in the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Delight in the word of God. Amen. Amen. The next one. He says, I understand more than the ancient. Do you know who is the ancient? Ancient means old, old people. Old people. Old people. He says, I understand more than the ancient. I have more understanding than the Asian. I am wiser than them. Hey, you little girl, you are wiser than the Asians. When they sit to talk, also they will not even call you to come. They will say, hey, grown-ups are talking. Go out. 
but they don't know that they need to include you in this conversation because you have delighted in the word of God. They don't know that they should include you in the conversation. Amen. Amen. But you see, when you delight in the word of God, when, you see, David said, I understand more than the Asian because the reason is because I keep thy precepts. I keep thy precepts. I keep thy precepts. When you, when you keep the precepts of God and you open your mouth to talk, old people, they begin to listen to you. When older people need advice, they come to you. Because you delight in the word of God. Because you are enriched with the word of God. Old people, old people, they say, let us go. What did she say? What did she, what did she say about the whole thing? What does she think? They are waiting for your final offer. What you also have to say before they make a move. They say, we are waiting for you. Because they know what is in you. They know that, that now when you open your mouth, it's like you are ancient of ancients. Ancient of ancients. You look very nice, no wrinkles, but your brain is an ancient brain. Hey! Ancient brain. Because you delight in the word of God. Amen. Amen. Because you delight in the word of God. Hallelujah. Is there another one that we can read? It says, I have refrained from my feet from every evil way that I may keep thy word. That I may keep thy word. That I may keep thy word. I have refrained my feet from every evil way. Refrain your feet from evil ways. Refrain your feet from evil ways. There are certain places that you don't have to go. There are certain conversations you don't have to join. There are certain activities you don't have to be involved so that you can keep the word of God. Amen. Amen. It says, I have refrained my feet from every evil way so that I might keep thy word. So that I might keep thy word. That I may keep thy word. Amen. You keep the word, you'll be a wise person. Wiser than the Asians. There's a scripture in Job. Job chapter 32. Job chapter 32 and verse 7. Job chapter 32 verse 7. It says, I said, days should speak. Days means old people. I said, days should speak and multitude of years should teach wisdom. You see, that is the assumption that everyone makes. That old people, gray hair, they are the ones that are wise. Do you see? People who have lived here for long, they are the ones that are wise. So it's a, I said that days should speak. And multitude of years, people who have lived for many years, they should teach wisdom. They should teach wisdom. Then verse 8, it says, but there is a spirit in a man. Say, there is a spirit in a man. There is a spirit in a man. He says, I thought, he says, I assume that days should always speak. I assume that Asian people are the ones that should teach wisdom. I assume that older people are the ones that should teach wisdom. But there is a spirit in a man. And the inspiration of the almighty given them understanding. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Let the inspiration of the Almighty give you understanding. I say, let the inspiration of the Almighty give you understanding such that you'll be wiser than the ancient. Hallelujah. Isn't that powerful? Let's read that from the message version. 
Verse 7. It says, I kept thinking, you see, I kept thinking experience will tell. The longer you live, the wiser you become. That was my assumption. Do you understand it? That was the assumption. My assumption was that the longer you live, the wiser you become. Then verse 9, verse 8, it says, but I see I was wrong. Today, may you see that that notion was a wrong notion. Today, may you see that that notion is not the right notion. He said, but I see that I was wrong. I made a wrong assumption. When I saw people that were older, I thought they were all wise. She was older than me, so I assumed she was wise. He was older, so I assumed that he was a wise person. I thought that was the criteria, that once you have lived for a long time, automatically you will be a wise person. He says, but I see I was wrong. May you see that you were wrong. He said, but I see I was wrong. It is God's spirit in a person. May the spirit of God be in you. May the spirit of God be in you. May you be filled with the spirit of God. He said, but a spirit in a person, the breath of the almighty one, that makes wise human insight possible. That is what makes human insight possible. Wise human insight. This is what makes it possible. This is what makes it possible. Not because you have experience. Not because you have experience. That is why, that is why, you see, there are people who have worked at your workplace for a long time. You just got there, they have made you a manager. They have promoted you because you have delighted in the word of God. You just got there and they make you a supervisor over all the old people, all of them. Amen. It's not age. It's not age. Hallelujah. It's not age. So you can assume that, oh, he's a young person. What does he know? He's a, she's a young person. What does she know? Well, well she, it's not by age. It is by the one who has the spirit of God in him, who enriches himself with the word of God, who delights in the word of God, who is always admonishing you in the word of God, who is always giving you counsel in the word of God. It is that person who is rich in wisdom. It is that person who is wise. It's that person that you need to listen to. The one who says, Sister, don't do that. The word of God says this. The word of God says that they will wrong you seven times. But the word of God says that though they will come seven ways, they will flee. Don't fight it. Leave them. It is that person who advises you like that. It's not the person who says, eh, is that what they told you? We will show them. We will show them. We will, you will see. We will, we will let them know where the power lies. You see, where is the power? Do you have power? That's, that type of counsel is, is devilish. It's sensual. You see that the person is sensual. And it's earthly. Amen. But take counsel from someone who admonishes you with the word of God. Someone who says, don't do that. The word of God says this. Don't do that. I'm telling you this because this is what the word of God says. I'm, I'm advising you on this ground because this is what the word of God says. That counsel, take it and run with it. Our time is up. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh, 
Father, there is a thing about your word, O oh God. We pray, O oh Lord, that you put that hunger in us, O oh God. Amen. A hunger after your word. Amen. A thirst after your word. Amen. 
Father, let us panther after your word. Let us delight in your word. Let us love your word. Father, that we may say with David that we love thy precepts. That we meditate on thy precepts. We pray, O oh God. You say you will make us wiser than the ancients because we delight in your word. Father, make us wiser than our enemies for they are ever with us. Therefore, make us wiser. Let our heads be lifted up, O oh God. Set us on high because we have set our heart after your word. Because we delight in your word. Save us from our afflictions in the name of Jesus. But Lord, may we live here tonight with a hunger after your word. Father, we shall rise up early in the dawn and we shall delight in your word. Father, we shall meditate upon your word. Because your word has the power to accomplish that which we cannot do by ourselves. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise and we honor you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. With all eyes closed and every head bowed, there is anyone here tonight, you are not saved, you are not born again. You don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior. But tonight, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to take Jesus as your Savior. You want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life, if that is you, wherever you are, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, just lift up your hand. You want to lift up your hand and I will say a short prayer with you. You want to give your life to Jesus. Anyone here like that? Anyone? Wonderful. Why don't you all join me and let us say this together. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again on the third day. I believe you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Let your blood wash me. Let your blood wash me. Tonight. I welcome you into my life. Lord Jesus, be my master. Be my savior. Be my Lord. Please write my name in the book of life. From tonight, I will serve you. I will follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. A good clap. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com